Welcome to another Dragonlance Saga creator episode. My name is Adam, and today I'm talking with the talented individuals behind Tasselhoff's Pouches of Everything Revised, which will be released on dmsguild.com Tuesday, December 6th, if I have my dates right. I would like to take a moment and thank the members of this channel and invite you to consider becoming a member by clicking the links in the description below. And of course, you can always pick up Dragonlance Gaming materials by visiting those links as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I mean, everyone knows who you are, but let's just do a round table of sorts. A little clockwise starting with Trampus. Can you introduce yourself to the audience? I'm and you muted. are muted. <laughs> Rookie. <laughs> Dag nabbit. Dag nabbit. Those inner tubes. I, I'm the, uh, I'm the, the uh, hamster that runs in the wheel of the maze, apparently. <laughs> you know, it's just... Okay. Hi, my name is Trampus Whiteman. I'm the administrator of the Dragonlance Nexus, contributor to uh, several of the uh, Dragonlance 3.5 uh, source books, um, Wrangler of Cats, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just all-around Dragonlance fan. Uh, and thank you for having us here, Adam. I love it. I, I'm very happy to have you here, and uh, I can't wait to dive in. Uh, Ed, can you inform the good people about yourself a little bit? Sure. And, uh, you know, Adam, my name is Ed McKeel. Uh, I work typically on the social media for the Dragonlance Nexus, but I, I've been on a, a few of your, your vids in the past, and it's always been a pleasure. But uh, for uh, revised Tassel's pouches of everything, I did the layout and design, uh, and I, I did a little bit of writing. But uh, the, the, the bigger guys are, are to be mentioned, so... Thank you. All right. So bigger guy. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know about all that. I um, my name's Tim Shiflett. I'm uh, a contributor to the Tesla's pouches of everything. Um, kind of wrote the kind of the skeleton of you know most of the chapters. Not all of them, certainly, but uh, but a good chunk of them. Um, the other one who's not here is Chuck. Um, he wrote a good portion of it as well. Um, I also um, was a big part of editing the book, um, going through and kind of line by line, uh, cleaning it up from the original, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. And I, I'm excited to talk about this revised edition. I had uh, the privilege of speaking with you all uh, separately and, uh, you know, in a Dragonlance Nexus conversation. And I've had Chuck on a couple of times. Ed, you've been on a little bit. Um, and ultimately, this comes down to you are like all of us, anyone watching this feed, insane fans of this fantasy world. Uh, and for whatever <laughs> reason, whatever reason, uh, you have taken it upon yourselves to pick a baton that seems, uh, pick up a baton that seems to have been literally discarded by the IP owner for years. Um, certainly supported and loved by the authors and game designers, but the IP holders themselves didn't really seem to care much about it until, of course, all the legal shenanigans were resolved. And then the uh, classic Dragonlance novel was released by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman recently. Um, and before that, you had released, because again, the baton was dropped, as you guys have done in the past in every edition, converted Dungeons & Dragons, whatever the version is, and uh, I'm sorry, converted uh, Dragonlance into the current edition of Dungeons and Dragons that's uh, you know sort of being played by everyone. And before we get into Tasselhoff's pouches of everything, I guess I'd like to ask the question. You know, I'm not trying to like load anything here for you guys, but why? Why are you so persistent in supporting this uh, 
um, this IP, this, this campaign world, when even those who supposedly own it don't seem to have as much passion as you do for it? Sheer insanity. <laughs> so I was right in the beginning. Go, Yeah, Jesus, yeah, go. no, it, it's just that. No, it's, it's just that it's passion. You know, when I, when I talk to um, uh, Margaret Weiss, one of the things she mentions about like the original Dragonlance uh, design team was that Dragonlance was created and it had a lot of heart to it, you yeah. know, a lot of yeah. love. And this is what we bring together. Um, you know, each of us in our own way loves Dragonlance and each of us has a different set of talents that we bring together. And, you know, 21 years ago, my goodness, I'm old. Mm. Um, anyway, 21 years ago when, uh, shut up, Ed. Um, it's the tennis when, balls uh, at the bottom of the walker that give away. <laughs> <laughs> that really tell your age. <laughs> but, um, yeah, 21 years ago when uh, we got this thing started, you know, it's, I, I was on the Dragonlance L mailing list and uh, I was fairly new to it. It's fall of 2000. And everybody kept saying, we should do something. We should do something because, you know, third edition had just been released. And I'm like, well, why don't you do something? And so at that point, I'm like, let me get the people on this list together who are uh, talented and, uh, and just get them together and start talking and start working. Then I'll be out of here. Mm -hmm. Well, I was wrong about that. Uh, next thing I know, it's um, it's uh, January 2001. Uh, the Nexus has become the um, uh, official fan site for Dragonlance, back when they created the official fan sites. And, um, you know, it just went from there. And we started creating our own rules for Dragonlance 3rd Edition. Next thing I know, we're talking with Sovereign Press. And they had just gotten the license. And they could have said, okay, thanks, we got it from here, bugger off. But they asked us to um, they asked us to join in with them because they recognized we had something special going on here. Yeah. And um, you know, so me and Matt Haig, we went to visit uh, Margaret Weiss, Jamie Chambers, Don Perrin, and Chris Coyle up at Margaret's place. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of that relationship there. Um, I can tell you that, in fact, Margaret Weiss does change her own trash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just passion. You know, all of us love this setting so much. And we, we just want to keep giving back. See, that sounds really altruistic and stuff, but they, like you have to get some something in return, right? Like, is it an emotional connection? Is it just the, the, the return of the other fans uh, showing appreciation? Is it maybe the, the original creators showing, you know, their appreciation for the passion? Like, what is it? Like, is this really just, hey, we just want to give back? Or is there something else sort of at work here? Because I don't, again, I don't want to leave the witness here, but... I'm a human being. I'm a selfish creature. Like, like, I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't get something in return. And whether that's just a sense of satisfaction, whether that's connection to a greater community, you know, whatever it is, there's something that's that's being reciprocated. Ed, what do you think that is for you? So for for me, um, I I didn't I got into Dragonlance in my teens, and I was a very awkward teenager, um, especially when I started reading Chronicles. And 
I immediately had kind of like latched onto some of these characters and I, 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 I created this love for the setting. And then I didn't really get into D and D until I, uh, so I played a few times when I was young, but for me, I, I didn't really start playing like week to week until I was in my twenties. And so of course I, when I started, you know, playing as, as a gamer, um, everyone you know, was in the realms or Eberron, and so I did all that. But when I finally was able to do my own game, it was Dragonlance. And from there, becoming a DM for Dragonlance, I went, I found the Dragonlance Nexus, I found the chat or the, uh, the message boards, right. and I immediately joined that community. And so from there, it was just like natural for me to gravitate and then I finally was able to join the Nexus. Not late, late. Like 2014 was when I started, um, when I had that phone call with with Trampus. And I was, you know, I my real job is is in communications, and I do social. I did social media, mm-hmm. and so I was doing social media for the Nexus. So for me, it was just like a natural uh, progression. And and I love Dragonlance, and and I've been able to have these opportunities to finally now work in game design and and get a book out. And this is like the culmination of all of my nerdiness right here. So there you go. That's, that's nerdiness that's... oozing off. <laughs> Are you... so, <laughs> it's moist. Why is it moist? Tim, let me ask you, because, you know, to be fair, it's never easy dealing with any fandom. I mean, you're going to have people on the extreme polar opposites on a regular basis. You're going to have uh, opinions that are shared that seemingly they are coming from a position of care and love and concern for what was important to that individual about the setting, but ultimately may not jive with other people. And so being, being in a position of... Um, I don't know, maybe again, you know, this might be a little bit too heavy handed with the wording, but being in a position of leadership amongst a community where you're literally putting out source books or, or source materials for uh, Dragonlance for others to consume. Is there a is there a weight to that? Is that something you have to sort of balance between extreme opinions or are you just concerned about getting your version of Dragonlance on the page? No, I, I'm what we try to do is we we take a look at the big picture. We've uh, the things that we put in Tasselhoff's pouches of everything mm-hmm. go all. I mean, we take inspiration from every iteration, from first edition, second edition, third edition that uh, that have produced Dragonlance materials. So um, it's it's not just what I think is the best. If it were, I mean, completely up to me, I don't. I who knows what it would look like, but. Um, the process is twofold. First of all, just like Ed and Trampas said, I mean, we are first and foremost fans of the setting, yeah. um, fans of the, the books. I was fans of the books originally, um, and I got into gaming almost, you know, very shortly thereafter. And and so I've, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I love D and D, but I love D and D in Dragonlance, and so um, it, it's not about just pushing my personal vision for what I think it should be. It's it's more of a collaborative effort because, um, you know, the, those of us who work on it, 
we all come from different points of view and different perspectives. There are different things about it that that we all love. And mm -hmm. I think we've got a nice little cross-section of the fandom just within our own little group. Um, and we bounce ideas off of each other, and sometimes we disagree about the direction we should go. And sometimes those with internal arguments get a little heated. Yeah. And but we're but we all respect one another and we we care about each other and we all know that we're all coming at least from the same spot mm -hmm. that we want it to be the best it can possibly be. I wanted and, you know go ahead. if I might, uh, when when I first came upon Dragonlance fandom online, I noticed there was a lot of schisms, you know, and this was yeah. a time uh, when we had fourth age versus fifth age, you know, and we yeah, had Anselon versus Talados, and this yeah. is right as War of Souls was coming about, which landed up doing a lot of healing. And one of the things I wanted to do was just to say, you know, hey, you know, all points of view are valid. It, mm -hmm. You know, I may disagree with you and you with me, but that doesn't mean that we can't all be Dragonlance fans together. And I, I think that helped in the healing process since we took it from that point of view. Right. I want to get back to the, the sort of individual differences of opinion here in, in just a second, but I, I, I do want to go to the chat room really quick and just thank you guys for tuning in live. Really appreciate it, Andrew. Great to see you. Uh, Phoenix of Liberty, good to see you. Live funding uh, or crowdfunding a live action War of the Lands film would be awesome, though I don't think, I, as much as we think Dragonlance is this sort of globally loved thing, I don't think people really know about it <laughs> outside of the fandom. You would, like, if you just walk up to any random person at a coffee shop and like, have you heard of Dragonlance? I'd put money down that they hadn't. So I just don't think that there's enough people with you know, disposable income, producer level income to, to really make that a, a reality. But I love where your head's coming from. Um, Albert Twitch uh, Wiggler, <laughs> great name. Thanks for joining. <laughs> I don't even know if I said that right. Trees, how you doing? Thanks for joining live. Appreciate you. Um, so I want to talk about the differences because you guys have, your team, I should say, has collectively added Dragonlance conversions for every single edition, even when it was a supported edition, adding your own versions of classes or your own sort of expansions. You created your own continent on the planet of Kryn. So, you know, this is something that has been from go, you know, for you guys. Once online worlds and alt Dragonlance became a thing and fans started connecting and, and everything. So um, when there are differences of opinion yes you know that you're all coming from a position of passion and, and love and appreciation and your friends you respect each other and your differences uh which is just you know hopefully a normal thing i'd like to think is a normal thing you wouldn't know it if you ever went online but you'd like to think um what are some of the differences of opinion that you've had because ultimately i think i think this is an interesting way of of, of trying to wrestle with this uh, same problem that I, I don't even know if it's a problem but same reactions that I'm seeing online right now between the 5th edition fans of Dragonlance and the new products being released and different editions of Dragonlance fans and the you know existing products that are out there. Um, when you're wrestling with what do we include in this? How do we approach this topic in Tasselhoff's Patches of Everything? What Can you give an example or two of maybe you know a, a, a difference of opinion and how you resolve that? 
Mostly, I just put Ed in a headlock and nah. uh, squeeze until he says "uncle," and then he goes with what I tried and true method. Right. Sometimes, sometimes, but other times I'm able to get out and like wrestle, yeah. and we we come to an agreement on a on a compromise. It's the jujitsu training. Yeah, I know, Tim. If you wanted to go first, that's fine. I have I have some, I have opinions. No, uh -oh. go go ahead. Uh -oh. Go ahead. He does have opinions. So, well, no, my, my opinions are this. Ready? Fight. <laughs> Right. No, not, nothing bad. Look, I, uh, because I, I run the Nexus social media, I uh, see the um, little bit of the, the disagreement among different sections of the fans. Right. Uh, and the way that I have tried to um, kind of assert the uh, kind of the Nexus's thought process on these comments is the new 5e stuff is for a whole new generation of fans who don't know a damn thing about Dragonlance. Like we, myself, Trampus, Tim, obviously, you too, Adam, we've been reading Dragonlance for decades, but there's this whole new group of teens and 20-year-olds and hell, maybe even 30-year-olds who don't know anything about Dragonlance, or if they heard about it, it's like, oh man, that's a dead setting. And it's true, we were a dead setting. For, for quite a while. We yep. didn't have any books since 2010. We didn't have any official games since 2008. And so the thought is, this this new Dragonlance is, you know, it doesn't have, it's for beginners. It doesn't have all of the detail. It doesn't have everything of the timelines. It doesn't stretch out all the way towards the Age of Mortals and going back right. before even, you know, the, the third Dragon War, whatever. Mm -hmm. But... It, it is a gateway, and that's the way I'm, I'm trying to talk to folks about that on, at mm -hmm. least on social media. All right. So if I'm picking up what you're putting down, you're saying 5th edition Dragonlance is the gateway drug to the heroin Dragonlance, to the cocaine <laughs> Dragonlance, to the deeper oh, yeah. drugs it's, of Dragonlance. Is that right? Am I thinking? I, I wouldn't know about any of that. <laughs> I kid. I kid. Ethan, thanks so much. Thanks for joining live. Appreciate you. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments about Tasselhoff's Pouches of Everything, about Dragonlance Nexus, put it in the in the comments and we will get to it as soon as we can throughout the course of the conversation. Um, I just, quickly, Ed, yeah. running social media, do you hate yourself? <laughs> like, the, social media is the most toxic expressions of humankind ever. And to run um, that... <laughs> I don't hate myself, you, but I had to... You will notice opinion. that... You'll notice that the drink he has. Is not <laughs> just just to get through the day. No. <laughs> Need a That's stiff a one. <laughs> no, I, I don't hate myself. I did have to take a break from the um, the Nexus Facebook group yeah. um, for a little while. I'm not saying, like, I still go in. I still have access through the Dragonlance page. Yeah. Uh, but I was an admin of that, and I kind of, like, I posted kind of a rant of because we just had we had a number of uh, folks that were posting negative about it, and yeah. I said, "Hey, it hasn't released yet. Why don't we wait until we know what's exactly in the book?" And your negativity should be saved for when we have an actual product. Uh, and some people were like, "Thank you," because I was getting messages from newbie new wow. folks. They were like saying, this is not okay, and I'm going to leave this group. And so that's why I posted what I posted. And it, Let, it just, Ed, can I just make it yeah. clear? We're talking about Watsy's 5e book. Yeah. People were complaining about 
about yes. that. Not Tesla's spouses. Not spouses of everything. We're talking about yeah, I'm sure it'll happen. It's inevitable. But oh, I took a break and everything's fine. That's yeah. it. I'm good. Well, I do. Sometimes you got it. Oh, for sure. Just for your own sanity. Like I, I disconnected with social media a decade ago. I just could not handle the, I mean, of course not that long ago, but hyperbole there, but uh, I, I couldn't handle, first of all, how it made me react to people, but also the reactions I was getting, you know, in return. I think it's just, it's the worst. So, but, but this is, it's important to bring up because as uh, as an organization, as a group of individuals, who are creating content, not just for yourselves, but you're actually putting it out there for the greater Dragonlance community, whatever that may mean to each individual, uh, you have to take in consideration not only your individual differences between the it, people who are contributing to this uh, piece of work, Tesla's Passes of Everything, but also how it's going to be received by that greater community at large. Um, what were some of the concerns that you guys had going into this so we released the first edition free, mm -hmm. and we threw that out in the Nexus. Um, and go, you guys, Tim or Trampus, feel free. I, I talk too much. I feel like uh, no, okay. no, I, go ahead. Oh, ah. yeah. Um, we released the first one. He, that's great. We the public has seen a good chunk of what's in the revised edition, although. Almost everything in the in the original edition has been edited and reorganized, and we've added new things to it. I and mean, there are there's definitely things in the new in the new version that is uh, that that's never been seen before. And it's but been play tested. We, and it's been play tested, um, okay. which is it, it's fun because um, people kind of got wet their whistle a little bit on what we had to offer, and we got some really good feedback. And um, so we took that feedback, we applied it to, and we looked at this and we said, hey, you know, we, we, this could be better. This could, this could be a lot better. And, and we, uh, we top to bottom, we, we went through the whole thing and, uh, and completely re, not redid everything, but reorganized and edited and, and whittled away at some chunks that didn't need to be there and added some things that needed to be there. So I may have lost track of your original question, but, uh, I mean, it's I, an ongoing conversation. Let's evolve this a little bit by saying, um, what, are, was there anything that was left on the drawing room floor, you know, from play testing, from having it out there for a while and having people sort of cut their teeth on it that, you ended up just having to decide, you know what, we cannot keep this in this, or we had to change this, even though maybe you really liked it there. There was a, or go ahead, Ed. No, no, no. Well, I was going to bring up when they released the playtest of Kender. Right. Okay. We, we did like a workshop on <laughs> what we did not care for the playtest. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to integrate what was good and take out what we thought of our version, what was bad. And then, like, redid the, the the whole, well, we don't, so, Ancestry. Um, and go ahead, Tim, because you, I feel like you've got a little more insight on than <laughs> well, I Well, no, I, I was going to say there are certain subclasses that were in uh, the original that we decided were too specific. Right. And, and too, they, I mean, it pigeonholed the player. If they wanted to use this, it had to be in a specific place, a specific right. time. And so we were like, no, we want to make these things usable in a much more broad sense, Everybody. whatever age you're playing in. 
Um, I think what Ed was bringing up is uh, we decided to drop the word race hmm. uh, in favor of the word ancestry. Um, and that was that was just an internal decision. Uh, I, I don't know that we particularly have a problem with the word race. Uh, I think ancestry, especially when you're looking at all of the different types of elves and all of the different types of dwarves and uh, you know just the the diversity of peoples that exist on Ancelon we felt like ancestry was a more apt term so when you made that decision did you and I, I have no idea I'm just sort of reaching out into the ether for this one did you consider the reactions that may come from that oh yeah not worried about it one bit <laughs> but but you know if people are going to react to it they're gonna say you know whatever they're gonna say about it right. and, and but you know what it it doesn't matter if you want to use the term race just use it yeah we don't care it's not gonna yeah, hurt the us the thing i've noticed um it, it there's a change in the industry uh where the word race is concerned um i don't know that we'll continue to see race in D&D. We may, we may not, but they've made, um, they've made a lot of um, um, pains to say that race is species, um, as is intended. Um, you know, you, you have one of two ways you could go here. You could either say, well, the uh, fifth edition PHB says race, so we're going to go with that, or we're going to go with ancestry or whatever the term that you're going to use is, you know, lineage or, um, or uh, let's see, what was the other one I saw? Legacy is another one I've seen, but, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I think people know uh, what you mean, and um, I think, I would like to think that they would think that we have the best of intentions at heart. Right. I would so agree. I would they... like to think that people think that way, but... <laughs> Reality well, Pathfinder uses ancestry now. Oh, do they? Yeah, you know. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Pathfinder Second Edition uses um, ancestry, and um, you know, I was a little surprised when when Starfinder used race, but they just announced some book um, that uses the term species, which sounds right. more sci-fi to me. So, right. oh, for sure. Yeah, I guess where I was coming from when I was looking at the the book, and uh, I was I came to ancestry. I was like, wait a second. See, as as a uh, American, you know, you have this sort of multifaceted background. Your ancestry is where your different parents and grandparents and grandparents, grandparents come from. And that's what I was thinking of when I, I looked at ancestry and I realized that it was race. And it really comes down to vernacular that's being used in the genre of, of role-playing games. And so that's why it struck me as odd, not because of some insane, you know, popular culture BS, but because that there is an established vernacular for D&D when we're talking about different races, you know, because when we're talking about humans, we're talking about ethnic groups. When we're talking about elves and dwarves and humans, we're talking about races as it has been colloquially known. And so that's why I thought it was strange because when you do, in fact, then change the vernacular in a system that supported and presents it one way and you're changing it to present it in a different way, whether or not you're worried about how it's going to be received, it is a decision and a conversation that has to have been had. 
And so that's why I always wonder about why is that decision made? Where are you coming from? If it's from a position of inclusion, then awesome. If it's coming from a position of, well, we have to transition from this other word into this new word for whatever reason, then it's no longer about inclusion. It's about right. presentation. And so I guess, you know, what was the conversation about uh, or like when coming down to something like this? Was there kickback from, from anyone? You don't have to name names or anything, but just the idea of it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm, I'm genuinely not trying to blow anyone up. I'm just, I'm curious. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, Adam, so I will... You have now you've you've had a chance to look at the book. Yeah, we had uh, all new art commissioned yeah, by great. Elena Zimbelli. Great, Zim, Zimbali. I, I'm not sure. Zim, anyway, awesome. you is I think it's Zimbali. But <laughs> I believe you. I believe you had her on her on yeah. her show at some point. Oh, yeah, time. she's great. So this is you've seen some new art. I had asked Elena to make the art inclusive. So you'll see a few different um, pieces that will have folks that are of different skin tones or different um, could could be considered African-American or Latino or Asian. Um, and, and that was the point is we do want this to be inclusive. And I, and I realized that some folks may not want inclusivity in, in their fantasy. And I, and I, I would hope that's wanna, not the case. Well, I, hey, I, I'm not. We've certainly seen reactions online. Definitely. We have, yes. We have. <laughs> I'm just saying that. I'm not going to use the word. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I commissioned the art with her, mm -hmm. I had asked her to do that. And so that was part of the conversation. That was part of how when Tim and I and, and Chuck and, and even Trampus, mm -hmm. we, we talked about ancestry. And, and it, yes, we want anyone to be able to pick up this book and to say, oh, hey, I see some art, or I have a character that is a representation of me mm -hmm. in my Dragon Prince game. Yeah, and I think so, this goes with what Ed was saying earlier about um, this. There's a new generation of D&D &D player, and they, they are not just white dudes in their mom's basement anymore. I, I mean, and know I don't I know... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know I'm that it ever now. really was, but I know that that's that's what. Like, I mean, there are women players, LGBTQ players. There's uh, players of all different ethnicities playing now, yeah. and uh, you know, everybody wants to see themselves, like Ed said, in the game. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, we approached the entire revision with that attitude that we want it to be uh, open for everybody. To enjoy, we want a whole new generation of people to love Dragonlance like we do. Right. Mm -hmm. so. Were there other other uh, similar decisions made in the course of this revision? Um. The I don't know. I mean, there's the the weapons chart we changed up a bit. Um, yeah. We got we took, rid. We took it. We took it as cultural. Yeah, going racial. The weapons uh, chart, weapons chart? Mm -hmm. which, yeah. which again is a trend in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The weapons by culture. Um, we took the the word barbarian out of it, which mm -hmm. is kind of a a thing that was in second edition, um, first and second edition. We kind of felt like these certain cultures. I don't know. Barbarian is kind of a loaded term when you're talking about people's culture, so we took that word so out. So do you mean barbarian as in the class reference or barbarian no, as in this no like you're human. talking about a people 
Yes. Like, nice. like for example, take Riverwind. You know, there's yeah. the book Riverwind the Barbarian, you know. Or yeah. Riverwind the Plainsman. Yeah. Plainsman, yeah. Plainsman. Never well, we mind. Don't say Plainsman. But, we, but we, they did we, like we it was common for them to refer to as barbarians, yeah. We just you know, use the term plainsman instead of plains barbarian. Or That's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like back in third edition, um, there was a concerted effort to take these uh, uh, peoples who were, you know, quote unquote, not civilized and not call them barbarians, but we called them nomads, uh, which seemed mm -hmm. to be the trend of the time, you know. So, um, you know, we, we, uh, if I remember right, the way the humans were listed, like in the DLCS, was um, you know as in more. I, I shouldn't say civilized. That is how it, more, though. it did use that. It yeah. used civilized it, it human. Yeah, it did. Okay, right. it's yeah. been a while. Um, been but then um, instead of barbaric, it said uh, nomad. You know, and mm -hmm. and uh, there was also the shift away from the term plainsman to plains folk. Right. You know, instead of a lizard man, it's lizard folk. Um, and uh, I thought that was a good move. You know, it, it sounds not not only is it more inclusive, but it sounds a little bit more. It has a bit more of a mystique to it, I think. Right. One of the things we really tried to do was to use proper nouns when mm -hmm. we're talking about people groups. Um, the I'm, and, and that's just the approach we took through the whole thing yeah. instead of generalizing categories and things like that. We just use their, their proper names. I think it's, it's important. It's a difficult topic to talk about because of course, everyone's walking on eggshells seemingly at every time, whenever you, you have to have these conversations, I think it's healthy to explore ideas, um, and sort of the genesis of why these ideas are implemented because rather than having reactionary expressions of emotion based on those, if you actually add context to the decision, then it helps temper those emotional reactions. And you start to then have perspective and understand why they were made rather than just saying they're trying to change what I love and I'm not on board. <laughs> you know what I mean? So being able to have these conversations, I, I think is incredibly valuable. I, I really do appreciate you guys, you know, going on the limb because I didn't prepare you guys for any of this stuff. So, you know, I, and again, they're decisions that you have made. And so I felt it was important to bring them up. That's not the sole point of this conversation. So we don't have to belabor the point. But um, I appreciate your candor in, in talking about it. Ultimately, when we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, specifically through the expression of the Dragonlance campaign world, we are really talking about a game that has evolved from its genesis. It has never stopped evolving. And so as someone trying to take a step back and just appreciate the, the, the context clues of why I love Dragonlance, I can't help but then also recognize that Dragonlance itself changes. And so whenever you are, as creators, are creating something new for a version of the game that has been played since the 70s, you have to speak to the version that's out as part of that, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. And whether or not fans of OG, D&D, AD&D, 2nd Edition, Saga System, 3rd Edition, and if you just homebrewed 4th Edition for, or for Dragonlance, whether every one of those fans agrees with decisions made is less important as trying to find a way of navigating the new mechanics with the traditional campaign. So mm -hmm. how did you go about that? How did you try to, to take, because again, D&D fifth edition isn't crazy different from older versions. 
but it, you do see the similarities between previous editions, even though it is a little bit separate from each. So how did you go about uh, presenting Dragonlance in a new game system while still trying to maintain what meant Dragonlance to you? So we tried to make this book playable in all eras of Ancelon. So when I say we, um, we gave a test document uh, to our Patreon, mm -hmm. and so this will be a for instance. They gave us some feedback on some of our subclasses that were like, well, how can I play this in the War of the Lancer before? So we added verbiage to, so for like, we, uh, we have the adjudication uh, cleric uh, domain, which is mostly a Dark Knight domain. And mm -hmm. we made it so you could play that during the War of the Lance as a cleric of Tachesis or earlier. Interesting. Uh, we put that verbiage in there and a couple of other subclasses. And and another thing I want I do want to plug this. We have a subclass for every subclass. It's all there. Fighter, cleric, bard, everything is included. We mm. did it all. And we didn't do that in the first edition. Uh, we kind of focused or we we I feel like in the first edition we we went more on flavor than we did on on um, making sure everything was covered. This one we covered all our bases. So um, this is a book that you can hopefully you don't have to be just a beginner. You could be a not you could be a intermediate intermediate or a medium Dragonlance player or a high Dragonlance player. We hope that you can play all of these classes for any age of Kryn and with little to no massaging. Right. The um, I'm I got my start in D and D. Uh, with the red box, the basic yeah. red box, yeah. and um, I, I have three I, levels. Yeah, well, yeah, and uh, I, I inherited my uh, cousin's you know basic and expert set, and were handed down to me with Dragonlance Chronicles, and so my very oh, wow. first Dragonlance game was using the basic rules. So I, I mean. I played first edition, second edition, third edition. I kind of skipped over fourth and and went straight to fifth. But, um, you know, at my my origin within D and D is the old school campaigns, the old school rules. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I see in fifth edition um, is is kind of a Watsi going back. Uh, and looking at those older editions and what worked and what didn't. So, for instance, in second edition, um, we had you had player you had character kits that you could attach to your to whatever class you're playing, and that's very reminiscent of what the subclasses are. And if you look at Tasselhoff's Pouches of Everything, the revised edition, um, there are a number of uh, subclasses that are pointing back to those old school kits. Um, and and kind of you know you know tweaking them a little bit to make sense with the rules for fifth edition, but um, for the most part uh, they I, they are designed or intended to keep the flavor of you know what they've always been. Nice. One of the things that I love about our group is it seems like not not all of us, but a lot of us are are kind of old school in one way or another. But we also love fifth edition, and I think that blend where we uh, have that knowledge and experience and heart from the old school coupled with the um, 
um, you know, the latest edition, which is a really stellar edition, mm -hmm. you know, it, it helps to make a good product. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's all about, you know, the purpose of all this seems to be, as you guys have, have sort of intimated through your different uh, comments, to expose new generations to this campaign world that we all love. Mm -hmm. Um, within the context of the new current, not new, current game edition. You guys put out Tasselhoff's Pouches of Everything before Watsi released their version with uh, Shadows of the Dragon, uh, Shadows of the Dragon Queen. And I ask, how, do, I know you guys have connections in the gaming industry, in Dungeons & Dragons specifically. Did you know that they were putting out their version when you started uh, developing your own? No. So I'm not specifically. Okay. I mean, we did know that they would eventually put out a Dragonlance book. I think the writing was on the wall. Mm -hmm. I think generally fandom knew that there would be something. We just didn't know when. Yeah. Yeah. Or or what it would look like. So there there has to be some sort of inner discussions about look, we know that they're gonna be releasing something in fifth edition. Should we sort of release something beforehand or should we just wait and see what they do? Like, how was that, that type of a conversation had, if at all? We wanted to beat them. And we <laughs> did. I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah. And, and it was funny because a couple of different things, I'm sure it was coincidental, mirrored what we had put out. Uh, not, not a lot, mm -hmm. but a little bit here and there. So Just little tiny things. Yeah, little tiny things that we noticed that were like, oh. One might say that some things were almost borrowed, but... Uh... Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, we, we borrow things, right? We're all kinder here. Actually, I think they borrowed, but... Uh... <laughs> well, you know, they let us use some of their stuff, so why not? Well, no, we're 100% we're using their IP here on yeah. December 6th when we're released, so... Yeah. It comes yeah. out in the wash, right? So I... Now, the... oh, go ahead. One of the things I want to stress with this is this is not in either-or situation because there are going to be people who come to um, Tasselhoff's pouches and they're going to have their copy of uh, Shadow of the Dragon Queen and they're going to say, well, you know, which way do I go, you know? And really, you can mix and match. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, there's going to be a version of Kinder in both and they can pick out their favorite Kinder mm -hmm. and then they can say, oh, well, there's a handler background in Tasselhoff's pouches that we don't have that in the other one that'd be cool for my kinder. And mm -hmm. so you add that in and then um, you, you know, just mix and match from there. And uh, I think it works out pretty well overall. You can be a draconian player in our, in our book. See, that's yeah. something different. Unless you accept the reaction that Dracon or Dragonborn are supposed to be draconians <laughs> in fifth edition, then, oh. then it's a little bit different. But um, the Draconians aren't Dragonborn in the new book. Yeah, they're yeah, they're they're basically monsters. They're a whole other set of monsters. Yeah, it's so. just straight up called out in the player's handbook that they're the same. Right. Oh, well, that was yeah. You know, it's just early on. If you want to yeah. play in Dragonlance, here's a thing you can use. Yeah. No, <laughs> were, I mean they were just you know. That is fair. I mean. What I always like to do is is sort of take a step back whenever I sort of get, you know, ruffled feathers about something and try to understand the motivations behind it. And the truth is, is 
when you're you know you're the developers creating the new version of D&D 5th edition at the time in you know 2013 2014 when they're sort of playtesting it you're you're not thinking of every campaign that you have to then fit everything into you're thinking of what makes a fun game that I can try to bring in as many people and to enjoy as possible and so you know those sort mm -hmm. of little inclusions that are sort of off the cuff. They ruffle my feathers, but why should I get upset about something that was done in 2014 that means nothing to me or my games? It doesn't, you know, like there's so many, there's so many more. How important, I guess maybe the, the, the ultimate question would be, how fulfilled are you in your life that that's the thing that you're going to worry about? Like so how for, wonderful for is your life? You have for nothing order, else to worry about. If, if you want to be a dragonborn in Dragonlance, you could be a dragon spot. Yeah, we have that information in chapter eight. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, yeah, if see, you want to use the Dragonborn from the player's handbook, we've mm -hmm. got a, a place where that fits yeah. in Tasselhoff's Pouches of Everything. So uh, it's not like Travis said; it's not an either-or thing. In fact, mm -hmm. the players, everything, almost everything. I mean, with arguably everything, but I, the player's handbook, all of your options there, still options for yeah. Dragonlance game. Yeah, we have language to say you could play a Tiefling. Or you could play an SMR. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah well, hey, you know, and I, I was looking at um, uh, at the race section or people section in uh, Shadow of the Dragon Queen, and mm -hmm. even they say, well, hey, you can play any race you want in Dragonlance. Just know that some are not from this world. And it said people from beyond. I'm like, that goes right back to Dragonlance Adventures, you know, because they had a sidebar saying Travelers you know, from mm -hmm. beyond. Mm -hmm. We have that same language in there, and I promise you we wrote that before it was released a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it is. One of the things that I, I know kind of irks me, and I, I think I can say this does for Ed and Tim as well, and if I'm speaking out of turn, let me know, but, um, you know, all the time we see on uh, in fandom where people say, well, this doesn't exist on Kran, and this doesn't exist on Kran, and this doesn't exist on Kran, I take a special pleasure in proving them wrong. You know, I, I, I admit that's my guilty pleasure. You know, I years ago I was told vampires don't exist on Kryn, and I'm like, oh, well, vampire krill. Uh, since day you know? one, yeah. They, yeah. yeah. And uh, Eric Kender. It, what I think we need to do is remember that Dragonlance is a D&D world. Mm -hmm. I want to see as much stuff used in Dragonlance as possible um, and hopefully without destroying the flavor. And I think if you just take time and think, and maybe even think, you know, overused phrase outside of the box a little bit, um, you'll see where things can fit in more. Yeah, and that's always been the case. And certainly in my home games, and I can only assume and extrapolate out to everyone else's home games, you have custom rules, custom options. A player wants to be X or Y, and you sort of make the exception so that they have a little bit of fun in the game world as well. And there, and certainly, you know, the IP holders, Watsi, has come out straight up and said, and it's been the case from the beginning, so it's not anything new, but just that, you know, the novels are one version you playing the world is another version. That's always been the case. And what's glorious about this hobby, it's a game, people, it's not life, is that you know, ultimately you get to do whatever you want. If you want to make changes, if you want to add inclusions, if you want to make exclusions, like it's up to you as the dungeon master and the players at the table. 
in order to try to find that balance and have some fun. I guess, you know, as far as the conversation that we're having here, because you're crafting something for a fandom, I'm interested in finding out the whys and whereofs of those choices. Uh, because ultimately, whether we like it or not, there are rule Nazis. And they said, if it's not in the book, it's not real. Now, whether that's a ruling, whether that's a, 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 a statistic or an option, or whether that's a flavor of the version of the game that's being played, they do exist. And, and that type of a player wants to see that sort of structure built out. And when you do create this sort of a la carte mode of saying, yes, you can include these you know, here's a random exemption or, or example, I'm sorry, of, of how it was done in the past, either through a game adventure or a, a novel. You know, we've seen throughout the history of Dragonlance massive changes depending on who's writing the novels, uh, options that are available depending on who's writing the modules and what game products they want to try to include and drop hints of or not. And it has less to do with the integrity of the campaign and more to do with cross-promotion with other IPs, you know, other campaign worlds. So when you're creating this, Tasselhoff Patches of Everything, and you're coming up with this revised edition, now that Shadows of the Dragon Queen or Shadow of the Dragon Queen is out, how do you approach those ideas of adding in more and more options in order to bring inclusivity, whereas maintaining the integrity of how you perceive the differentiating factors of Dragonlance? So for me, and, and I feel like even for Chuck and for Tim, was, is this fun? Mm. Is, it, is it fun to have a subclass that does this? Or, but I promise you that pretty much all the subclasses that you'll find in Revised uh, Tesla Patches and Everything usually has some type of basis in a novel yeah. or, in a, uh, or in some random source book from, from beyond you know, before, uh, you know, for instance, um, I, 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 this was Chuck, or sorry, this was Tim's baby, but the, uh, the monk tradition, the mantis rose, yeah. uh, I want, I want Tim, this, this is, you wrote an article about it, but I want you to talk yeah. about this because we put this, we put this subclass out and in our play test, we got a little trashed. For this exact instance of really? this isn't Dragonlance, this doesn't make sense. Tim, is it from monks or is it from what? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the the way of the mantis uh, monk subclass that's mm -hmm. in uh, Tessal's pouches of everything revised. He uh, the 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 monk is uh, a, traditionally a follower of Majir. Yeah. Uh, it's Majir's teachings, the the god Majir. Um, what one of the the pushback was is that people were just not familiar with these abilities. They were like, "Where did these abilities come from?" So I was like, "Well, I I, I know that I got them from somewhere." And uh, no, but um, this is it was a shout out to um, Vandar Brightblade from uh, the DC Comics right. Dragonlance DC Comics issue one when he's fighting skeletal warriors of Lord Soth. Um, he he expresses these particular abilities and like turning uh, into a mantis. Stuff. Well, he didn't turn into a mantis. He, he armor, conjured right? a giant mantis and a swarm of insects that attacked and and defended them from the undead. So that's in there. Lord yeah. Sauce undead, by the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's like a, a he was in like three episodes, right? Like. 
yeah, he's he plays a part. He went all the way from the monastery to Castle Brightblade, watched his brother get killed, and then fought with uh, Reva Silvercrown, I think it was, against mm-hmm. Lord Soth and Tachesis in sort of spiritual type form and stuff. Very cool. Oh, uh, yeah, kind of cool. Um, yeah, we didn't go, I didn't, obviously, I didn't do everything. Right. I mean, like, it's a comic book, but, um, but we, I definitely took inspiration from, from that character. I literally, we've only had two, uh, published characters to draw from. Rise and Mason. one, one was Rice, yeah, from, um, the, the Amber series. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's mostly, if I were to really write him out, I would make him a way of the open hand monk. Yes. Um, and, and that's fine. I think you can play a monk of Majir that way too. Um, boring. Other what? than his character is great. Yeah. He didn't do anything special. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he there wasn't anything to distinguish him <laughs> yes, as he a had monk a great of dog. Majir. Yeah. Except for his dog. <laughs> um, but, uh, but Vandar is, is the other one. And so I just drew from him because he was unique and different. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, and we, took, right. we took some, we took some Kung Fu, Mantisau Kung Fu abilities, but we interchanged them with some of those abilities that uh, Tim just talked about. Sorry, go ahead, Travis. Well, if I remember right, Tales of the Lance, you know, it talked about the uh, specialty priests of uh, Majir and how they take their holy symbol and just throw it on the ground and boom, Mantis, you know. It says that in the Dragonlance Adventures first edition. So I I double check my fact <laughs> check myself. Yeah, when I first saw that from Tim, you know, I I have to admit the fanboy in me was like, yeah, I want to play this. <laughs> <laughs> what I really appreciate about the method that you took was that you did go back to the original DLA source material, and that you thought about inclusion with the context of tradition. And that is incredibly important whenever it comes to any type of fandom because you want to you want to show the lineage of where it comes from. That's what you know draws in the existing fans, but it also connects new fans to a historic precedent, and it allows them to then explore this new construct, this new campaign that's new to them. Historically, going back playing earlier editions with these you know older uh, versions of the the game and trying them out for themselves the first time. They may hate it. A lot of people really don't like AD&D, and I understand. It's, it's a complex, weird, convoluted system. I happen okay. to love it. But that's okay. You know, everyone has their own different versions of this same ground-based level, the same damn game, and this campaign world carries through all of it. And one thing that I've tried to do with this channel is showcase that Dragonlance is system independent it doesn't matter what system you're playing in i did it with xd2e i've just finished wrapped up a a saga system game i played versions of it with the dragonlance adventure system board games like you can extrapolate dragonlance out to any type of game you want still maintain the feel of it for you and your players but still have it to its bones be what you love about Dragonlance. And so whenever anyone's sort of, you know, pumping their fists in the air about any sort of addition changes, you have books like what you have just are, are about to release as the revised edition, Tassel's Passages of Everything, and the original version that you released for free that gives those options. And yes, they're going to be different than the IP holders, but that doesn't make them 
worse than or lesser than. It means that they are options that you as fans have put together and cared about and thought about and put into a, a volume so that other players can explore these options on their own. And as you mentioned already, Trampus, if, if you are looking at Shadow of the Dragon Queen and looking at the, the Kender in this or any other options in that, that adventure, it's very easy to, as, as we've always done with every game, customize options. And what you guys have done, I think, is so brilliant in that you gave those options. You did the legwork. You did the editing hard work. You play tested this with your, your fan base um, and, and just, you know, in-house. You've tested this material, so you know it works. You know it resonates and it connects. And I think that's invaluable for people like me and for anyone else who maybe doesn't necessarily want to take the leap into 5e excitedly, but we're certainly going to give it a go because we know that there's people like you all who have sort of paved that road for us so we don't have to do that heavy lifting. So, you know, just by way of saying thank you, sort of hats off. I really appreciate that you guys have put all of the hard work into this and gone out on a limb and put yourselves out there because you're judged by it. <laughs> you have to feel it for good and bad. Like people are going to receive it one way or another. Just as your experience, because of course the revised version isn't out there as of yet, <laughs> but the reception of the original version, what was that like for you guys? So our reception was uh, hit or miss. I feel like because we we did get some coverage on a couple of different um, YouTubers like yourself and well YouTube channels like yourself and then of course like Ian World and things like that. Um, but it was not. I feel like I feel like this this version looks better and is more of a polished product uh, comparatively. Uh, but yeah, I I feel like some of the some of the critiques that we had were good, more good than bad. But we had some, you know, we had some some legitimate uh, critique that that we took into account. Yeah. Um, we also had some professional uh, podcasters play. What do you call them? Live live action live play. Mm -hmm. uh, people um, use some of the rules that they found in our, in Tesla off crouches of everything. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, they gave us a shout out that they're using our book for, for their characters in their Dragonlance game that they're streaming for their thousands of followers. That was yeah. great. On fantasy grounds, I believe, right? Uh, they were, I, I don't even know. I just got the podcast downloads. So nice. I'm trying it's to gotta feel it. good, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it it always does, you know. And and see, the one thing I kind of have on these other guys is I've kind of been through this before, and you know, this is their time to shine. I'm I'm just here to look pretty, but um, lawful but, uh, <laughs> <Sir>. <laughs> lawful. But you have PG. some things on this book, right? right. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean. It, that moment when you first start seeing the stuff that you create out there and then people using it mm -hmm. and commenting on it. And sometimes there's some legitimate critique in there, but when you see people enjoying it, it, it brings a sense of warmth to your heart. You know, it's just like, Hey, all right. So-and-so did that, you know, like, like the old, um, 
there's an old game I played in that turned into the War of the Darklands time alternate timeline in Legends of the Twins. And um, I've, you know, of the alternate timelines in that book, that's one of the ones that seems to be played the most. And I've, I still have people to this day saying, yeah, I'm, I'm playing it, enjoying it and everything. And, you know, it's just nice to know that an experience you had like back in college, um, you know, evolved into something that other people can enjoy too. And then they can make it their own. Yeah. I usually try to forget the experiences I had in college, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's their own. <laughs> That's all right. Ed can't remember his college experiences. So. <laughs> uh, vaguely, we, mainly we in nightmares. Well, oh, no, I was in college in my 30s, so it's more like my Navy experiences. Oh. Right. In my 20s. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> what you have to remember, too, is we, we are a family, and, um, you know, we uh, we do rib each other quite a bit, and that's uh, all in good fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the best way of showing affection for people. I mean, it's one thing, you know, to give them a hug when you see them, you know, for you know, whenever you're meeting up and stuff. It's another thing to continually bust down their ego and hurt their feelings. <laughs> I know how that sounds, but I genuinely do it with every single one of my friends, and they all do it to me too. So it's like this, it's this weird reciprocal respect. Like, I know you can take this, and I care about you. That's why I'm doing it. Here, here it comes. You know what I mean? So I, I dig that. I appreciate that. The best prevention of getting an overinflated ego is to have really good friends. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't I know it? It's too real, man. Um, I guess ultimately, you know, are you able to separate the compare contrast that is inevitably going to come with the version of the rules that Watsi has recently released or actually, you know, early release has released, but is going to be out there in December 6th, I think, um, versus what you have done. And are you concerned at all whether or not people will even pay attention now that there's an official version? So I know we have a small, well, more maybe a little bit bigger than a small base but there are quite a few folks who are already expecting for this book to come out and mm -hmm. will support us and, and I'm, that's not a brag that's just word of mouth and our social media and of course uh, putting out free product because that was the point is we wanted to put our product out first as free so everybody could get a chance to take a look and that that's not that's not just revised Tassel's pouches of everything. It's also Champions of Kryn chapters one and two, our adventure mm -hmm. pass for levels one and two that we've we've put out already free, and we will put out as you know enhanced versions on the DMs Guild. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and maybe I'll get in trouble from uh -oh. Tim or Trampus, but we are going to package um, our TPE with the first adventure uh, chapter put it together. one chapter one the first the first adventure is going to go with it because we want you to have not just an experience of creating a character but also playing an adventure and we promise it will be very very affordable mm -hmm. it's not going to raise the price too much uh when it goes on the dm's guild but we want that that whole experience there and so here you are, Adam. We just gave you a new <laughs> We just headline. released that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, they're going to beat you up after the stream is over. That's fine. Yeah, How fine. dare you? <laughs> we talked about this. Uh, I think that's great. I mean, not only are you giving them the tools to create characters in Dragonlance, but you're actually giving them avenues to explore in Dragonlance. And not just avenues that have been experienced before, but avenues that maybe... A lot of people never played Champions of Kryn, have no idea mm -hmm. about it. And even though they have been re-released through GOG and through Steam, they're not the... You know, the sensibility of gamers has changed. You know, the playing sensibilities not everyone's willing to sit through <laughs> playing that game anymore. You know, outside of my generation, I can't think of anyone I know that's willing to do it. So we were inspired by that game. Not exactly. Right. Yeah, right. I, to the point that that is a sort of a jumping off point for the, the concept of the adventure though. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember when I first saw the covers of, uh, uh, champions of cream one oh, and yeah. two, uh, I looked at those covers. So I'm like, yeah, we're doing fifth edition, but this has that old school feel too. And uh, you know, I, I've I know I've touched upon this before, but that feels right to me. Mm -hmm. You know, we're bringing old and new together, and, and and it's just something we love doing, and we're going to do it our way. Yeah. Like um, Laverne and Shirley. I was Call I was back. trying not that. to say that. <laughs> we're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Does anyone out there understand that reference? Nobody. Nobody. That no. as a kid. No. We'll have to explain to Ed later. So. No, I, don't know. I hear a. I hear an <laughs> UG in the chat room. I know. Yeah, I'm. I'm the old man of the group. If you can't tell, I'm, I'm you know, 43. I... Okay, I know we're very sure. That's funny. Um, what What are some of the the joys that you've had? Oh, we've already hit our hour. Oh wow. I only oh, planned wow. this an hour. Do you guys want to hang out a little bit longer? I'm cool. Yeah, we can hang out yeah. for a few more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. What are some of the joys that you've had exploring this revised edition versus doing it the first time? Because again, you have mentioned that you had playtest feedback, you had fan base feedback. Um, when it comes to re-exploring established ground that I don't know if maybe you just felt like it's good enough for what it is and we're content, we're going to put it out. And now suddenly you're presented with an opportunity to change it up or maybe add to or extrapolate a little bit. What are some of the joys that you had revisiting this? I liked the uh, reorganization of the, the new structure because we have a subclass for every one of the core classes. And um, we expanded out um, the ancestries, the elves, the dwarves. Uh, and I think it's more of a source book now in that we have we've gone the extra mile we've we've expanded the kind of the, the flavor text of each uh individual ancestry uh we we give a really good history lesson that is it's not overwhelming it's it's i feel like it's very brief if you you know you want to you think and you want to play a dwarf um you get a short little history you want to play a, a hyler dwarf you get a short little history on where the Hyler come from and, and who they are and what they do. That's way more robust than I think what we put out in the original version. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true with every single one of the ancestries in, in the revised edition. Yeah. So that was that's one of the things that I loved about it was just expanding it out so that players have more information to 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 work with in formulating their characters. 
we even gave a um, another version of dwarves that are Age of Dreams, the Calnar dwarves. I noticed like the first dwarves. Yeah, that's a big deal for you know, the for those who'd never even explored the dwarven nations of Kryn. They would have no idea about that. So, and, yeah, and we, you you in, you like slipped that in so subtly, but you added a little bit of context in order to explain it. That when I was reading that, I was I was kind of amazed. Because it, it does speak to that sort of deep dive Dragonlance lore referencing presented in a non-deep dive manner. You know, yeah. it, sort of the second edition version of approaching Dragonlance seemed to be, let's over-explain everything and go into obnoxious detail. Certainly, you couldn't have done that if you're going to put out a product in any given timetable. But, you know, also, you know, you want to make it accessible. And so just the, the succinct brevity is appreciated by certainly by people like me and i'm hoping and i can only assume other people as well uh really quickly if i can there's a question here from chris was there anything that you weren't able to include due to time Ooh, tim go ahead because i'm the i'm the i'm the guy that's like nope 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 uh, because of my layout he's a Dude, black marker I'm, guy anything, i'm the bad guy i'm the bad guy i think uh well i think mostly anything that that we didn't include was was just due to space considerations than than anything else it, it was it's not um but again this isn't going to be the last thing that we put out and we're going to have future products that are going to cover different uh maybe there's going to be an ancestry or two that we're going to cover uh some subclasses that are gonna new subclasses that um you know if we wanted to we could have put five different fighter subclasses into this book um, I mean, there's, there was just so many, yeah. uh, that ideas that we had for fighter subclasses. We went with two, two that we thought were the most important. Right. And, um, and, but those other ones are still there. They're still in our, in, you know, in our, we've got them in the can and, and we'll, we'll break them out when they become relevant in future products. So I feel like we can tease one that will be in the appendix of Champions of Crin chapter one. You want to? You want to mention it, Tim? Because you wanted it. You wanted it in this book. Oh, God, you fought for it. He I rejected it. Yeah. All right. So um, <laughs> it, it's and Ed has rightfully pointed out that there's probably like five people in all of Dragonlance fandom that actually would care to play um, a Kyrie. A, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, third people. it's the. Um, it's, I guess, Dragonlance is basically, if you want to think of them as a oh, kind of more humanoid-looking Aarakocra. Um, but, you know, I mean, they it, it's one of those things that's incredibly niche. They exist in, like, little bitty tiny pockets, uh, you know, so they're not, like, super widespread or anything. Yeah. And, and, yeah, they're very, they're, they're kind of, uh, they've always been kind of considered and an, an other peoples of Ancelon kind of, uh people so i'm i'm glad you know i i was it's fine that we left them out of the main book but then but i know that they're they're going to be in something soon nice no they're going to be in champions of crin and champions of crin yeah, yeah as an addition uh for their the player races there that's cool yeah and that that's something that's just kind of common in publishing you know i i've seen this for years where it's like hey, we want to put something in, but we don't have room for it or for whatever reason it's not included, so it gets put into something else, you yeah. know. 
when you were creating this revised version, what what were the limitations that you were setting upon yourself? Like we can't go over X page count. We can't go over sort of, you know, this sort of uh, overarching content zone. Like what is it that you were using as a sort of a, a guide not to extend past? I, I, I think a lot of, well, I mean, we're we're kind of like a small budget operation, and we're kind of building our our uh, production budget, and so um, a, a lot of it was just dealing. Do we have art for this? Right. Was it was a big deal, and yeah. and if we didn't, can we get it? And if we can, can can we afford it? Yeah. And you know, who's willing to to pony up a little bit of their own? And Ed, I know has has. Uh, he believes in this project, and he's put in his own uh, his uh, his own money. He's put his money where his mouth is, and so we appreciate Ed. Nice, a lot, because <laughs> no, it fine. would be a, a thinner book. Yeah. No, we we, to, we should we, buy him a sandwich. So, so honestly, what Tim just said was that that's a big deal. Is if you're gonna make a D and D book, mm-hmm. you need to have art that reflects what's in that book. Especially so that was part of our yeah of course so that was part of our limitations and I saw that and and in in our first edition we had recycled a lot of art from mm-hmm. different editions and because we put it out free we didn't have those restrictions and people criticized us ah oh, this is you know can you even do this legally well we didn't charge any money so of course we could that was the whole OGL you know the game yeah. your you know well general Creative places. Commons as well right. And so, but that was the deal was we wanted to be able to represent everything that we have here with art. Mm-hmm. And so that was what restricted us because art is not cheap. You want to pay your artists. You want to pay them a good wage. And we were lucky to work with Elena. Yeah. We worked mm-hmm. with a number of other artists, Patrick Pullen. We worked with um, uh, Airtrack Altenos, who's actually like, he's become a huge artist who's worked now on Game of Thrones art in that huge Game of Thrones book that came out. We, we were focusing five or six pieces of his art that he originally done and paid him for. That's dope. And we were lucked out. And and so, yes, this 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 book is a passion project. And sure, I put some money into it. Um, but everybody put their... I'm not the only one. You know, we, we have the Patreon that has, has, has helped us, other people, and everyone has worked really hard. So this book that you have here is the culmination of passions of a lot of different fans. So it's not just me, it's everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do want to bring that up now that you, you had uh, both mentioned it because ultimately this is not a self-sustaining machine that you're running. This is built on fans. And you do have a YouTube channel, you do have a podcast, you do have a Patreon that people can connect with you and your different uh, expressions of this wonderful IP. Um, can you let people know where they can go to support what you're doing if they want to, uh, you know, be a part of trying to help create Dragonlance content moving forward? Sure. Our, um, if you just go on to Patreon, we just search Dragonlance Nexus, you'll find us. Um, our social media, we're on Twitter at DL Nexus, Facebook at DL Nexus. We have a Facebook group. That is, it's a private group, so it's more for conversations. Uh, you just look Dragonlance Nexus, it'll pop up. Um, our YouTube is Dragonlance Nexus. It, we're pretty easy. And then uh, the other aspect that we do is the Dragonlance Wiki. 
we have we're the primary edit editors on that. We have a, a dedicated group of folks that have helped us edit a lot of those articles and um, get them to looking really, really great comparatively to what they looked like a few years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, some folks who had you know had their own personal Dragonlance campaigns had some articles on there, and that's fine. But you know when we're talking about official Dragonlance articles, we want them to all. Look yeah, like they come from the lore. Uh, so yes, we're mm -hmm. at it. Yeah, we're and don't forget our little website called DragonlanceNexus.com. Yeah, yeah, yes. There you go. All announcements will go through there as well. Yes. Yeah, it's actually really, really robust too. So no matter what version of Dungeons and Dragons or Saga system that you enjoy playing, there are supplements, there are articles, there are game documents, all throughout that website, which are invaluable to players who want to rediscover perhaps older editions or dive into newer editions for the first time in a, a very, you know, a, a welcoming way that, that's, uh, you know, it doesn't talk down to you. You know, we're not trying to gatekeep what we, you're not trying to gatekeep what, uh, you know, Dragonlance should or should not be. It's very much, you know, in the same way that you've crafted Tassel's Pouches of Everything, uh, an open and welcoming version um, of this, uh, a version of a source book, ultimately, for this wonderful campaign world. So, um, first of all, congratulations on uh, the success that you've seen with the first version and now this revised version that's going to be released here very soon on DM's Guild. Um, by way of a closing commentary, there's a question here in the chat that I, I find interesting. MR is asking, do you have any plans on creating mass combat systems mechanics for 5th edition? Wow. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, historically, <laughs> Chainmail originally. We saw Battle System. We saw Battle System 2E. We saw the board games. Um, we've uh, seen this. Of course, Warriors of Kryn has come out to sort of address this exact same thing. Um, has that ever crossed any of your minds of trying to tackle that beast? We do have certain people who've thought you know, at least explored the idea, but I don't know that there are any hard plans. I, I would personally like to take a look at Warriors of Kryn a little more closely, right. have an opportunity to do that yeah. before I start tinkering with my own thing. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but Battle System to me was was a little bit heavy and, and hard to run. Yeah. And I don't know what I would do differently. Um, so, yeah, I would have to take a, a, a look at what they're doing with Warriors of Kryn before I ever tried to tackle anything like that. Yeah. So Cam Banks worked on that, I believe, in the, um, the War of the Lands 3.5 book, right, Trampus? That was, we, we did yeah, a there was there. there. I mean, there was a, a uh, chapter in there, um, and a lot of that came from DL11, um, uh, that talked about the history and scope of the war. I can't remember what we did with mass combat. It's been a while, if yeah. you might imagine. So, I have written down a note, and we will explore it. So thank you for that question, because I feel like that is an untapped potential. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, and the, that's the thing is, previously with Dragonlance, you know, we've always tried to be um, helpers, and we always will be helpers um, to whoever is uh, putting out Dragonlance content. Um, but this is a chance for us 
to expand beyond that and say, hey, here's some ideas of our own and we're going to run with that. And I mean, we've got all sorts of talks about stuff that we want to do in the future. And I don't know how many of them will come to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there's some interesting ideas. And I, I think as long as we keep approaching this from a sense of love and passion, that it'll be good. And maybe it's only going to be us buying it. I don't know, but uh, who cares? You know, we're, we're having fun and yeah. I want to keep on having fun. Awesome. Well, I think that's as good of a position to close down the conversation on. Uh, ultimately, again, we, you know, I've mentioned before, we've all been talking about this entire time. This is a game. Dragonlance is expressed through novels and through a game. You know, different versions of it, different versions of games. But ultimately, it comes down to enjoyment and fun. And when I think of Dragonlance, I don't think of trying to police others' perceptions of it. I try to think of what brings me joy. And part of that is having this conversation with uh, the three of you. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate your time. And for those of you joining us live, thank you for sitting down on your Saturday and uh, talking a little bit of Dragonlance with us. I really do appreciate all your comments and stuff. We don't always get to get, uh, you know, connect with each and every one of them. But I do see them, and everyone after the fact watching this stream is going to be able to see them and see your thoughts and ideas as well. So maybe use that as a temper for what you put down in the chat. You know, just a little bit of tiptoeing around, you know, comments. It was good. I'm looking at the comments now. All right. Yeah. Someone needs to say something bombastic then to make that comment of mine. We're just saying, we need a little back. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you again so much for coming on and talking about Tasselhoff's Pouches of Everything Revised. Uh, can you remind the good folks when and where that's going to be released again? Uh, December 6th on the DMs Guild. I am going to take the day off from work, so it'll be up there. Hopefully, I'm going to post it at midnight when it opens. All right. And I am going to be doing... Uh, a review of this uh, collection as soon as I can get around to, to finishing it. Um, I've already started it, and I have to say that I'm impressed with what I've seen so far. I have every reason to think that this is going to be a stellar addition uh, to Dragonlance and also to 5th edition, because ultimately, having just finished reading <laughs> the Player's Handbook for the first time, and then diving into to what you guys have written, I'm already impressed. And so, it can only go up from here, right? It doesn't Excellent. drop off. Thank you so much. Quickly, I hope. Yeah, no, it, after the first couple <laughs> chapters, it just nose dies. No. It's just a lot of just eating shit the yeah. whole time. Just Making just fun of fan bases. the first two chapters over and over. <laughs> All right. Lord. Thank you uh, all again. And uh, we've already mentioned all the different places they can connect with you. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to say as a sort of closing comment? I just wanted to say we we are Dragonlance fans. And so this was made by fans for fans. And it's a love letter yeah. to Dragonlance, to Margaret, to Tracy, to every Dragonlance author that has ever written anything. We're here so you can have fun. Right. Awesome. Good. Yeah, there's nothing to add to that, I don't think. Thank you all, all right. so much for tuning in live and after the fact. Remember that this channel and Dragonlance Nexus are all about celebrating the wonderful world of the Dragonlance saga. Thank you all so much for joining us in that celebration. Until next time, Slan Javar. <laughs>